This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, everyone, and this is episode 50. I cannot believe episode 50. And in a couple of weeks, I will be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast. So stay tuned. I'm going to have some cool announcements. Let's start. Today's topic is dealing with stubborn and mean dementia behaviors. Let me ask you something. Does this feel familiar? I quit my job to care for him, but he never appreciates anything I do. Do you find yourself thinking, why is she so mean to me? Can't she see I'm trying to help her? Are you asking yourself, how do I handle the stubbornness? It feels like I'm fighting all the time, every day. I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. You are not alone. One of my colleagues calls these behaviors dementia SNM, stubborn and mean. In today's podcast, I'm going to untangle these behaviors and provide some approaches that you may find helpful. But first, It helps to know if your family member's behaviors are new or if they have always been difficult. So if you're dealing with these behaviors, I'm going to ask you, what was your loved one's personality pre-dementia? In other words, is the current behavior completely new and out of character for your family member? Or was your family member always difficult? always a pain in the ass, except now the volume of the behavior is cranked up. Sadly, there are people who have spent their entire lives acting miserably and meanly. If someone behaves like a jerk throughout their life, they become a jerk with dementia. It's sad, but if you found your family member's behavior disrespectful, unloving, and downright nasty for as long as you can remember. The dementia is not going to create a personality change for the better. I know there are a few people out there who swear that their crabby loved one became wonderful and sweet after the dementia diagnosis. And I'm sure it's happened. But personally, I have not encountered that type of change in my 40 years of dementia care, 40 plus years of dementia care. I have seen situations where the baseline personality was fine and then the dementia behavior showed up. And then as the person who was caring for them started to figure out why the behaviors were happening and addressing the behaviors, the pendulum swung back to the lovely, sweet, awesome person who 
the family member loved and wanted to see back. That does happen, and I can help you with strategies. But I'm, I just want to put that out there because I see a lot of family caregivers banging their head against the wall, and it's a shit situation that it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So if this is your situation, if you feel obligated to care for a family member who has nobody else, who has always been difficult or disrespectful to you, maybe who has been downright nasty, and this family member doesn't necessarily have to have dementia. I know of individuals who are caring for an adult child or a sibling who, quite frankly, has always been a handful and has had multiple health issues. And they continue to have said health issues, and it's always everyone's fault from there, but theirs. Yeah, that, that's where I'm going. But it's a little difficult with dementia because when the dementia kicks in, the ability to really change oneself goes out the window. But where I'm going with this is, if you are in a situation where you are feeling obligated to care for a person living with dementia, and this person has always been a stinker their whole life, and I'm just going to throw that out there, you may not be equipped to care for them because of their long-standing problems that, for whatever reason, they never did the work or addressed their problems. And now you have dementia showing up and basically shitting on everything. And I know this is going to sound horrible, but in a situation like this, where you may need to walk away, or if you choose to stay, protect your own mental health and sanity. Find a therapist who can help you provide the necessary care without jeopardizing your own mental health, who will help you set up boundaries, who will help you create a safe environment. In fact, in next week's podcast, I will introduce you to someone who can do just that. Dr. Gloria Lee will be a guest on next week's podcast. It'll be dropped uh, late Saturday, early Sunday. And she's a therapist who helps family caregivers whose caregiving responsibilities have caused problems in their marriages and relationships. We are going to talk about ways to be a caregiver without losing yourself and losing your marriage. So stay tuned for that podcast. Dr. Lee is an example of someone who can be so valuable in this type of caregiving situation. And she also has experience with this type of situation. And one of the questions I ask her in the podcast is, if someone is searching for a therapist, what do you look for? Because I get asked that question a lot. Okay. I hate it to bring that up because I don't like to write off anybody, but I'm... I wasn't born yesterday. You can cut me in half and count the rings. I've been around uh, approaching my sixth decade, so hopefully I learned a few things. But I, I really wanted to talk about that difficult topic because there are situations in which family members do feel obligated 
and they put their own physical and mental and spiritual and emotional health in jeopardy to care for a person who, quite frankly, and I hate to say this, is a fucking piece of shit. And even assholes get dementia. Like I tell my students all the time, an asshole with a PhD is still an asshole. Okay, enough of that unpleasantness. Let's switch gears. What if the stubborn and mean behaviors are new? Here's what's going on. Many people living with dementia are completely unaware that their memory is not working so well. They try to use the remote or struggle with an appliance and believe the remote is broken or the TV is messed up or you screwed up the cable. That is not the case. But your loved one feels like everything's normal. In their world, they're using the remote just like they've done every day for the past humpteen days. But for some reason right now, the damn thing isn't working. Meanwhile, you are watching them point their smartphone to the TV and push buttons. And the remote is sitting right there on the table next to their chair, just sitting there being its remote self. When you try to point out that they are using their smartphone and not the remote, what happens? You get an angry response and maybe an insult thrown in for good measure. Irritability also comes into play. All of us have brain chemicals that work to create balance to help us to handle frustrating situations without blowing up. My favorite expression, losing your shit. I know. I, it's a, for those of you who are non-native English speakers, I know that's such a strange, idiomatic expression, but it is, and I, I happen to like it. In fact, we can increase certain helpful brain chemicals like my favorite, dopamine and serotonin, by exercising and meditating. In fact, I've come across a series of studies that have shown that in cases of mild depression, people derive more benefit from a daily exercise program than from drugs. Just throwing it out there. Where I'm going with this is we can modify our own brain chemistry with certain activities. It's been demonstrated. And even meditating can change the balance. So you may notice that when you exercise regularly or you start meditating or you combine both, you feel less annoyed by life offense. Boss is a fucking a-hole? You don't care. You just ride it out. You have more tolerance for the stupid stuff that would have bothered you before. So let's circle back to your family member with dementia. They are slowly losing brain cells, neurons, and the loss of brain cells creates more chemical instability in their brains. They are less able to tolerate life's stupid shit and more likely to flare up and overreact to things that you think are no big deal. But here's where you come in. Without realizing it, you may be pouring gasoline on the dumpster fire 
by acting in ways that although you think you're being loving and helpful, the person living with dementia doesn't agree. What makes sense to you can often have an opposite effect in dementia land. You may try to show your family member what they are doing wrong, and their behavior escalates. You try to explain something, and you accidentally push the irritability button. You argue with them because, damn it, you're right, and they're behaving irrationally. And once they see how irrational they are, they will appreciate you and everything you do. <laughs> no. If that is what you are thinking, I am so sorry. We need to work on your thinking. And I get this all the time. Why should I change? They're the ones with the dementia. And like I, you've heard me say in multiple podcasts, you can be right or you can be happy. It would be great to be right and happy, but in dementia caregiving land, it's usually you can have one or the other. And this is where I'm going to help. One of the things I've talked about in previous episodes, and I cannot say it enough, is many people living with dementia have something called anosognosia which is a fancy word that means they don't appreciate the extent of their problems. They feel like everything is fine and you are the crazy one. In fact, they will tell you, you're the crazy one, I'm fine. And you're looking at the person pointing their cell phone to the TV and thinking, really? <laughs> Here's the thing though, if someone has anosognosia, they don't believe they need help. So why should they express appreciation for your help, for your sacrifices? They don't need said help. They don't understand what you're talking about. They just don't get it. And telling them over and over and over how much you help them, how much you are caring for them, the sacrifices you are making, it causes a horrible cycle of worsening the stubborn and mean behavior of pouring gasoline on the dumpster file, fire. Or if you're cooking with oil and you start a kitchen fire, you pour water on an oil fire, it gets worse. Or I had someone try to put out an electrical fire with a, with a pitcher of water. Nope doesn't work. These are the analogies I'm going after. You're trying the best you can, and the strategies you are currently using are escalating the behavior. Okay, I've explained what is generally going on in the brain of a person living with dementia who is reacting to their environment, and, and they're reacting to you with stubborn and mean behaviors. I'm going to talk about some general approaches in a minute after these quick announcements. Announcement number one. July 14th, 2022 is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast anniversary. To celebrate, I'm going to have a podcast happy anniversary webinar. If you've been on my website, Dementia Centric Solutions, there's a tab for the free webinar schedule and July 14th isn't there. That's because it's special. It's not a regular monthly webinar. 
please click on the link in the show notes and register. I will answer your dementia questions and I'll be handing out some prizes. Maybe you can win an autographed copy of my book or a free coaching session. So again, check out the show notes for the link to register. And this is a free webinar. And you, awesome podcast listeners, you're the first to find out about the event. And the second announcement, I will be in Bradenton, Florida, the last week July of July and the first week of August. I will also be in Orlando, September 16th and 17th. I'd love to meet my listeners. So send me an email and let's set up something local for a meet and greet. Okay, let's talk about strategies. The first is what I call the short, sweet, and concrete strategy. You will get better cooperation and less frustration if you use fewer words in your sentences. Use, please feed the dog now, instead of, hey dad, do you mind feeding the dog? During the mild stage of dementia, you can use two-step commands like this. Please go to the pantry and bring me a can of dog food. Avoid confusing directions like this one. Before feeding the dog, take her outside. Instead, try, please take the dog outside, then feed her. As the dementia gets worse, you will have to go down to one-step commands. For example, please go to the cupboard. Wait until your family member is standing in front of the cupboard and then continue with, please bring me one dog food can. This strategy is going to feel really weird when you first start using it. Most of us speak in paragraphs, but people living with dementia can only hold on to bullet points. Why? Dementia is a disease that kills off brain cells. As more brain cells die off, there are fewer containers to hold on to the words long enough to make sense of them. The second approach goes hand in hand with the first, and that is talk to them like adults. One of the immediate problems I see with family members using the short, sweet, and concrete approach is that you accidentally start speaking to them as if they are children. You don't mean to do it, it just happens. People living with dementia are very sensitive to patronizing tones of voice or a condescending attitude. If you are using the short, sweet, concrete approach and you are experiencing more stubborn and mean behaviors, it may be because you have fallen into this trap. Another related communication trap is elder speak, which is talking to an older adult like they are a small child. Think baby talk. Elder speak includes using a high-pitched sing-songy voice and using terms like honey and sweetie that you did not use before dementia showed up. It also includes using what's called the plural pronouns, saying things like, are we ready for our bath today? Now, to be fair, there were times when I was caring for someone living with dementia and we did take a shower together, not on purpose, but I was in there helping them with the shower and I walked out probably more drenched than they did. 
The thing with elder speak is you may find yourself using it without even realizing you're doing so, especially when it feels like your family member is acting like a child. Slipping into elder speak will cause all sorts of behavior, arguing, angry outbursts, even physical aggression. Yes, there are times when your family member acts in a childlike manner. Whatever you do, never talk to them like they are children. Yes, you may be using strategies that also work with your two-year-old grandchild, but you always have to talk to the person like they are an adult. The person living with dementia may forget a great deal about him or herself, but they never forget that they are adults. And if you are struggling with these stubborn and mean behaviors, I can help you. One of the services I provide is private dementia coaching. And right now, I am offering 90 days of support. That's the program. It's 12 one-hour weekly sessions to help you understand, prevent, and manage many different dementia behaviors. In addition to those one-hour weekly sessions, I provide real-time support using Voxer which is a private communication application that helps us to send each other audio messages. You can also send text messages and pictures and video files, but you can hit the microphone, say what you have to say, press send, and I get it. Another thing I do is the coaching sessions, I record them and I send you the audio links. You then download these files. You can keep them on your tablet, your phone, your laptop, wherever you want, or just keep them on in your Google Drive and access them whenever you want. And I've had people tell me they will re-listen to the coaching sessions and review the material so that they can practice. And because I, I include scripts too. We'll talk about the situation and I'll ask you some questions and I'll say, okay, and how would it feel if you were to say this or if you were to do that? If you want to get a feel for my style, come to the free webinars because I do this in real time with people. Many of them are, are you're the podcast listeners and you show up at these webinars and you bring your concerns and your questions and I work with you. Here's another cool thing. The coaching sessions include up to four people for each session meaning you and your siblings or your adult children participate together. I find that this approach is a sanity saver for you, the primary caregiver, who you're probably getting pushback from other family members who don't see what the big deal is. Or maybe you're pulling your hair out with the added burden of coordinating care with family members who are separated by miles and time zones. I also found that sometimes I'm the hard ass on these calls, which can be very helpful with shutting down some shitty family dynamics. I'm not a family therapist. I am not saying I do family therapist stuff. What I do say is sometimes you get that family member who thinks they know everything and they're driving you like up a fucking wall. And I've been doing this for a long time. I know I can read a room. I know what to say and do to help channel some unhelpful behaviors into better behaviors. 
Now, you may also be thinking, well, shit, my situation isn't that bad. There's a guy in my support group whose mom finger painted the bathroom with feces, and I'm not dealing with that. Great. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But here's the thing. If you're feeling stressed out, if you are having arguments with your kids or your partner because of your caregiving responsibilities, if you can't focus at work because your mom is calling you 12 times an hour, or you are wondering if the sitter showed up, this is where I can help. These 90 days of, this 90 day of support program, it has your name all over it. Because at the end of the 90 days, I don't want you to sign up for another 90 days. If you want to, that's great. But my goal is to launch you. I want you to feel like you can handle anything. What's going on? And you have the tools to manage the behaviors you are dealing with. And I also give you a head start on what may be coming down the pike. In fact, you become the expert in your own world, in your own support group. People are going to you with questions and answers. That's really my goal. My goal is to work with you and get you at a different place where you really are confident and competent dementia caregiver. So if this sounds interesting, send me an email and let's hop on a quick call this week to see if we would be a good fit. Because ultimately, together, I want to help you make dementia your bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.